For 40 years, I've walked the line between worlds and am well-versed in death. But I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network, I'm Trish Moe, and this is The Missing Piece. Good evening, everyone. I am your host, Trish, and this is The Missing Piece. It is Monday, February 13th, my favorite number, my favorite day. Um, and we are broadcasting live out of New Orleans, uh, 105.3 FM and United Public Radio Network. We are also on Roku now, uh, not live, of course, that is the archives, um, as well as any of your favorite podcast stations, or almost all of them, actually. There's so many. Um, so tonight, first off, before before I forget again, I do want to thank Carnation for sponsoring my show as well as the network. And I'm excited uh, for my my guest slash friend co-host. We kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't had a chance to to get together um, on my show, uh, Emily Minshow. She is the current host of What the Frick Live, um, which has been on UPRN for how long now? Not very long at all. I think since January, mid-January, so just a month, I think. That's it. But we've been around huh. for five years or so. I mean, I took a year off, but four years is probably reasonable to say. I um, and, and we've co-hosted together on on Fridays a few times. I've I've been um, a guest on um, News on the Flip Side, and um, that's a lot of fun with with Joe Montaldo and Jay, of course. Um, from Church of Mavis, and they're all hilarious. They're all regulars um, on there, but I just pop in once in a while. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I don't do my 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 uh, listeners know I don't I don't do a lot of the political. I, I just don't I don't pay attention. When you, when you hear stuff. Elon Musk on that show, you hop in to to, to calm Joe and me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, let me. I don't know which one that. Uh, I always forget the chat room. If you're commenting um, and joining us from Facebook specifically in the chat room, make sure you give uh, StreamYard permission to post your username. Otherwise, we we just see you as Facebook user. So they've only been doing that for a few months, and it's terribly annoying. Um, Something but, with their contract went bad or something with StreamYard. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. So it's weird. Oh, you have to give permission. Oh, my goodness. Most importantly, what am I thinking? Oh, well, two things most importantly. Um, we were just talking about the Chiefs. Congratulations, congratulations to the Chiefs winning yes. Super Bowl number 57 yesterday with a final score of 38-5. to 5. 
if you didn't see it, they actually, it was a really exciting game. They, um, they were tied 35 to 35. till the last 11 seconds of the game, um, Harrison Butker, <laughs> I was <thinking>. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked the final field goal, uh, scoring three points and, um, they, they only had a few seconds on the clock. So, um, yes. it was a 27 yard field goal. Um, Super impressive, but they're also AFC West champions, of course. And um, oh, StreamYard has been weird for yes, it has. It's been very glitchy. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was exciting. While that was going on, however, I'm sure you caught this too, Emily. When I woke up this morning, um, you know, people sending me messages from from all across the world. Actually, um, people sending me news clips and stuff because of course they know that I live under a rock and don't watch the news. And I see, what did I say the other day too? Aside from Emily predicting Super Bowl winner for the last 16 years, mm -hmm. you said? Straight? I think I even said it Friday. It's going to come down to the wire. Yep. It's going to be a last minute play to win. And I think I did say that Friday. But yeah, well, 16 interesting. years. When in the first half, it was right before halftime when Mahomes was injured. He injured, mm -hmm. uh, he had an ankle injury and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, uh, what are we going to do for that's, that's happened before when he got the concussion and everything a few years ago. Um, and, and interestingly enough, somebody today at my work asked me, they're, they're like, do you think what if he did that on purpose, like had that reaction on purpose to make the other team think like to hype them up, you know, during halftime, make them think that they just took out the quarterback. Yeah. Actually, I'm like, I don't know. It could have been could have gone know. either way. You know, could have. Like... <laughs> I'm waiting on all kinds of conspiracies. Halftime show was terrible. Oh, my! I gosh, didn't watch I did the not... halftime show, but that made awful. me think about like, making you know the other team think he, that he was injured and then he he comes back like <laughs> like nothing happened you know um but then after i woke up this morning with all those news reports of um all of a sudden there's like the something shot down over alaska and canada and what's the u.s you know the u.s government has all of these press conferences which i haven't even i've worked all day so i haven't even looked into any of it really but I was like, that's perfect because here's other countries like it or even extraterrestrials. If they wanted to, um, the, all of the U S pretty much is, is in the middle of a huge distraction of the Super Bowl. Like we're not, we're not well, paying attention. UFO doesn't necessarily mean alien. It could be military UFO drones. Oh, right. Missile, but know, I'm saying if, if you're another China. country or something and the mm -hmm. best day you're like what's a day where nobody's going to pay attention to well i mean people would pay attention but for the most part um media journalism everything is focused on super bowl mm -hmm. and so i mean it would course, be a good day to do that definitely most mm -hmm. definitely i mean but it's you know we're going to see a lot more of this oh definitely <laughs> I, <sighs> crazy times 
You know, my water is going to possibly be turned off, affected by the derailment up in Ohio because the chemicals are in the water now and in the soil. And it come, it got into the Ohio River and Mississippi. And it's going to go all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. It's killing animals, all the fish, all that stuff. So I have talked about that before. And it actually starts in Kansas. Um I don't know who you all are. It just says Facebook user for all of you. Hello. Um, I think they can go to streamyard.com backslash Facebook to get permission. Or you can you can join the chat as well on um, my YouTube page if you would like. Um, because it doesn't require permission. <laughs> but um, so Kansas is one of the largest rivers. Um, and I've talked about this with various projects that have been uh, now with the CIA. Um, and Kansas is one of the largest rivers in the US. The Kansas River um, goes into obviously crosses over onto the Missouri side that eventually connects to the Mississippi River and down to the Gulf as well. And for years now that, you know, all the pesticides, the chemtrails, everything they've been using in the, for the crops, because we, you know, we have so many, uh, or a great deal of the farm, farmland here for agriculture. Right. Um, and now just recently they've been testing, um, a lot of the wheat and the, and the grains and everything, you know, obviously are affected by that. The insects, the, the pollinators, everything. Um, and it's, so the same thing is happening here. I've said that forever. I'm like, there are so many kids. When I first moved back here and my daughter was in kindergarten, this was years ago, but there were so many kids with deformities like birth um, from birth, uh, cleft palates, cleft lips, things like that, that are um, usually chemically um or caused by chemicals in utero, you know, that their mom was exposed to. Um, and, and so it's the same thing with the water and stuff here. And I'm wondering, like, it's going to be everywhere though. Like it's, oh, absolutely... yeah, it's going to end up be everywhere. That's a good place. I think this was done on purpose. Um, I think it was a targeted attack. It was not an accident. The news is not going to tell people because they don't want us all to panic. Um, you're not going to find that. So you're going to find distractions and you're going to hear a lot of like UFO entity stuff like that repetitively, because that's part of the mind control thing. And it oh, makes right. people think that it's something else, you know, alienistic or ET rather than what it really is. So even the head of military is probably will be saying that stuff. Even didn't Joe Biden do a speech on that? I think he did a speech or something and said it was ET or I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't looked that. He, oh, yet. yes. Yes. Last night, you mean? Yeah. 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 There were a was bunch of them. They actually, there were e numerous military officials that actually they quoted saying um, UFOs, extraterrestrial things yeah. like they use that type of terminology. They're, but what, what I was referring to with when going back to like the water, these declassified, I had this on my show a few months ago, these declassified projects I found from um, the 70s and 80s specifically listed Nebraska, Kansas, 
Missouri and Oklahoma, where they had um, experimented with different. I'll have to go back to, and pull that up on their on you know on the art on the mm -hmm. archives of their website for that specific project because um, the different chemicals that they sprayed the different in water in the air you know on the ground different ways that it was done but what was interesting about that they had contracted these things the U.S. government had contracted these things to be done with Russia. So like Topeka, where I'm from, had contracts for radiation experiments with them in the 70s and 80s. Now, what these declassified projects stated was that there were still a few of these contracts that they were still allowed to carry out in the future that had not been completed. And that meant, and this was when they wrote that statement, this was like nine, late 90s, early 2000s, maybe. Um, those last few contracts that could be carried out over the states of Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Kansas, that meant in the future they were still allowed to do whatever it was, you know, that they had not fulfilled in previous contracts. Um, Is that then those are still with Russia too? Yes. So here's yep. what, when I think of Kansas, I think of how all those cows died and they kept saying it was a heat wave in Kansas. That was last mm -hmm. summer. And so I started going down that rabbit hole and they had been injecting the cows with the COVID vaccine. And that specific area herd died. So I don't know if they, it was an experimental COVID vaccine. They added something else to it or not, but they were, and they are still continuing to inject um, animals, chickens and cows with that. And if you notice, if you go to the, um, if you go to the store and you get milk and cheese and all that stuff, the expiration date, it feels like, like my milk expires before the expiration date. My cheese has done the same thing. Uh, there was something else I bought. It's like, man, this is weird. Why is this molding and stuff so soon? Bread well, was another one. Um, it was last summer, I believe that I started so it's interesting you say that I've never heard that, but it was last summer that psychically, and I kept having dreams over and over and over about the meat being poisoned and, mm -hmm. and to even back then, I mean, this was like two years ago, I started getting all these, all these messages intuitively to start canning meat. Um, you know, if, if I was going to continue or freeze it, well, but even freezing wouldn't last as long. Um, and, and I, I didn't really know why. Um, but that was for a long time. I mean, for like six months, I was afraid to eat meat from anywhere unless it was somebody I knew, you know, specifically mm -hmm. here that, that raised cattle, um, because of that. But, uh, another there's, um, I, I can't even explain the amount of things that go on in Kansas that I, I feel like we're, because the towns are so, a lot of them are very far apart and not very populated. And those people haven't, a lot of these small towns are, you would think back in the, 
you know, 40s, 50s, 60s era because they don't, they have generation upon generation. They don't get out much. They don't go to other states. They don't, they don't travel. They don't. So certain things that happen, whether it be government related or, or cryptid or, you know, UFO or whatever, um, it's just normal to, and who would they tell anyways? You know what I mean? It's, um, but it's, it's crazy that you see all of these different, you know, supernatural was filmed um, and based in parts of Kansas. Um, Lewis and Clark, um, Superman. Was Signs you know. out? Was Signs, Field of Dreams, was that out there? Uh, part, I think, I believe part of Signs. You mean the M. Night Shyamalan? The version? Signs movie with, um, was it Mel Gibson in it? Signs? Yes, that was the M. Night okay. uh, Shyamalan's movie. That terrified um, me. That was one of the scary movies. <laughs> Well, and, and so, but that's, I, I think that one's supposed to be kind of based in, in Kansas. Um, spongy bovine disease. Oh, hey, Tanner. Yes, I see your name. Um, see what spongy bovine up a few, disease. Yeah, I don't know what spongy bovine disease is. But, uh, so... Last week, I talked about how Kansas correlated with the Batman Begins movie and why. Because a few months ago... Um, it's mad cow disease. Spongy. Oh, the same thing is... Yeah. And that's one that affects your brain, right? I think or so. Brain, the... I think so. That disease specifically, I researched that years ago because it has a lot of similarities to Lyme disease, which I have gotten active Lyme disease multiple times in my life. I, I mean, and, and the funny, here's the thing with Kansas, because I've lived in other states, I've lived in other countries, and the only time I start getting sick um to that degree anytime is when I've lived in Kansas. Really? So, That's the, interesting. The, the second time I got Lyme disease, I lived about a mile from the Bionuclear Defense Center in Manhattan, Kansas, which uh, was originally on Plum Island. And the scientists after Plum Island closed um, stated that, many of them stated that nothing like that should ever be near any type of civilization. And so, you know, of course they, they move it to the geographical center of the United States and, and literally the agriculture you know, capital here in, in the U S. So, um, that, that was, makes that me question, close. question the desert area in stranger things because stranger things, you know, that series all puts all of this MK Ultra stuff together. Was the desert scene in Kansas? See, so it's area? funny you say you talk about Stranger Things because after all these UFOs being spotted in, you know, over my city in the last few weeks, um, <laughs> everybody's like, Trish, you're like 11 from Stranger Things. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. You know, there's a real 11. I interviewed her. Well, but, but they were saying that I, they're like, you could be. they're like, could you be one sound like the, the girl from Stranger Things, because, you know, when I, I 
was born in Roswell and I grew up in the mountains and stuff in New Mexico. But then I don't remember, like there's a whole part of my life missing. Um, and so people are always like, how do you not know that these movies happened or that these things came out or whatever, you know, over the last, I don't, I don't know, I'm 41 now. So it would have been, um, about 20 years ago back, like there's stuff that I don't know about the world. And, um, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And, and the fact that, you know, with my, when I, uh, can manipulate electricity and things like that. And, um, you see my light flickered when I said that because it, <laughs> it does. Well, you but, need to talk to Penny L.A. Shepherd. Okay. She, I've interviewed her. She's been on my show three or four times. She's on the dark outpost. Um, she helps co-host that show with David. I can't remember his last name. Really good show. Um, but she is the real 11. Like you need to hear her backstory and everything. And she helps people with repressed memory or can't remember things. Huh. So you need to talk with her. I will send you her information. Well, and show. that's the thing, you know, with, I, I've been, there's so many times that, that I've been part of government experiments and um, even abductions, you know, things like that um, for multiple reasons, for remote viewing or whatever. Um, and so it was funny that um, I had a guest on last year um and I had taken a picture at this place I, I worked at one time with a Stranger Things shirt on. I didn't even, I've never seen Stranger Things, actually. Um, but I had this shirt on that said that. And the only picture I had ever taken at that place, you know, and, and I had been there a lot for bands and stuff. But anyways, I had him as a musician on my show months later. And I was like, the crazy thing is that same day... I had ran into him the next time he was in town here. Um, he had mentioned his brother was an actor on Stranger Things. And I'm like, Ooh, interesting. did I just like, I'm like, how is it that the last time I saw you play Pretty here, silly. I was wearing a Stranger Things shirt. <laughs> so anyways, it, it was interesting. Um, but that's uh, Marvel or yeah, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, excuse me. Oh, Captain Marvel. The <laughs> end of that one, you know, it it shows um, he's holding a the glass he's holding has a sunflower on it, and they reference Kansas. Like, see, so that's another one. Um, Carnival of Souls. Um, back in the day, there's there's tons tons that have been made here. Um, wow. Mad Trish, cow. Oh, I'm sorry, Trish. You froze out. So I was getting ready to just go on and just talk about something. I didn't hear you at all. Mad cow destroys the brain and spinal cord in humans. Yeah. See, and that's what Lyme disease does, essentially. I mean, Lyme disease causes spinal or um, spinal meningitis, mm -hmm. basically, um, or encephalitis. And, um, and then it spreads to your heart as well. So MS, too destroys mm -hmm. the brain and the spinal cord which is funny to me that ms is recognized because there's no like actual like test that you can 
there's not like a test for it. They just go by the symptoms. But Lyme disease isn't recognized. And there is a test for that. Like I can Ooh. test positive for MS, but they'll say, no, we can't treat that. Or no, I can test positive for Lyme. Sorry. And they can say, no, we can't treat that. But there's not a test for the same symptoms with MS. And there is a test. That. It's MRI. You have to have an MRI if you have the symptoms and they carry out long enough. Right. My ex-husband but, has secondary progressive MS. It's the worst MS that you could possibly get. And it, and he was having a lot of dizziness, like where he couldn't even walk and, and stuff. And that, and yeah. they gave him medicine for vertigo for like two or three weeks, but he declined so fast so quickly that they got him in. We've been dealing with this now for three and a half years. Um, and um, unfortunately, I think possibly he might end up being in a wheelchair by this time next year. And he's like super young and everything. But yeah. um, he ended up having, he has to go to a specialist in Lexington, Kentucky, which is two hours away. Um, he does have a doctor that helps him here with just regular blood work routine, but they check his blood work. He has regular MRIs every six months, his whole spine, everything. But see, so I'm saying they don't have like, there's not like a blood test because if you, if anybody thinks, or you have it on your record that you have Lyme disease, they flag it and nobody will treat you for anything. Like, it's insane. I, I thought I was going mm -hmm. crazy when, and people from other countries think that's crazy because, they you know, do that with sickle cell people too. Sickle cell. And I mean, if I went to the doctor because, or if I went, showed up at the hospital because I had a heart attack, they would have treated me for a heart attack. But if I said I have Lyme disease and then I had a heart attack, they probably would have like shut the doors on my, because there were doctors here getting their license taken away for treating patients with Lyme disease. So, um, so or eventually I had to have pain. Like if you're having pain and you have sickle cell or Lyme disease or these autoimmune disorders, it's like, they ignore you. There was a girl that just died that was sickle cell. I can't remember her name, but she videotaped begging at the hospital for mm -hmm. medicine and yeah. they weren't giving her. They even called the police to escort her out. And she was she passed away two days later from those symptoms. It's crazy. I passed out. I waited one time. Well, actually, that was a, that wasn't the same. It wasn't for Lyme disease. And I actually ended up with um an organ missing. So I, I assume that was planned, but in New York, um, I waited over eight hours in the waiting room at an ER and I kept telling them, I'm like, man, I'm, it, it's getting where at first I just had severe abdominal pain. They told me my appendix probably ruptured or something, but they did, mm -hmm. you know, CAT scans, ultrasounds, everything. And they said, I don't know, we, you're fine. We can't, we can't find anything. And so the nurses kept, I mean, were really mean too. And finally, at the end of the day, um, I was like, I can't, I'm having a hard time breathing. And they, uh, they said, well, nothing's wrong with you. We, we have to release you now. And I was, the, I wasn't even um, in a room or anything. I mean, they just, I was still in the waiting room. Wow. I got up to leave and I passed out in their doorway. And when I came to the doctor, they had to call on a specialist from the city to um, a surgeon and he said, you had about an hour left to live. Your entire diaphragm was filled with blood. You're bleeding internally. And, um, and, and they're just, smokes. 
Yeah, where did that come from? Did you get in? Oh, well, that's that's the thing. And then I woke up from surgery, and they said, "Um, we also, you know, your ovaries gone missing." So, aside from <laughs> where's where went. <laughs> where's Trisha's ovaries? Like, where's Waldo? Right? We gotta find her ovary. Where? How does that just go missing? Well, and then there's no records of it now. So, anyway, so you had surgery, right? Yes. So in those CAT scans and stuff that they did, your both ovaries were there. I don't know. In those I, CAT I scans? can't see any. Oh, okay. I, I can't see any of the records. They won't give you your so records? They said they don't exist now. That's super freaking <laughs> weird. That is Story of weird. My life. Story of my life. <laughs> um yeah, so 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 these things, um, when it comes to autoimmune diseases and things like that, it got to where my doctors eventually said, there's, there's nothing we can do for you, Tricia. There's no cure for Lyme. There's, there's, you know, you either make it or you don't. And at that point, I didn't want to take, I didn't want to be on a pick line of permanent antibiotics for the rest of my life. I didn't want to, because anything they did made me worse. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I stopped going to the doctor whatsoever. Like, I don't recommend this people like don't, but, but if they, if someone tells you you're going to die anyways, I was to the point where I had forgotten how to eat. I had forgotten how to talk most of the time. I didn't couldn't remember where I lived if I left my house. I didn't know my address. I didn't like I, you know, parts of my life gradually, all of a sudden I was having mini strokes. I was um, like, I would lose feeling in arms or legs or while I was walking. I fell down the stairs because I lost feeling in my leg while I was walking, you know? And so it, because it's also, uh, it affects your nerves, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and so after they told me that, I was like, well, then why am I going to, I had six specialists at the time. I was like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life. If you tell me I have less than 1% chance to live, then I'm not going to spend it in doctor's offices. And um, that's why I started doing art again. I started studying nutrition. I got my personal training license and uh, I went back about six months later and they scanned my head, which, which had, I mean, was almost filled with white lesions on my brain wow. and it had also spread to my heart when I you know I've had two heart attacks and um they're like we they said we don't know what you're doing but your brain cells are healing themselves you know awesome. so um so there's At least something good things. came out of that <laughs> but it doesn't make sense to me and and so now they've correlated Lyme and MS you know and, and everything but it doesn't make sense to me why they don't do other methods. You know, why don't doctors tell people with MS about red light therapy, about sound therapy, about color and color frequency and vibration therapy, um, you know, and, and to eat and anti-inflammatory. It's all about big pharma and all that kind of stuff. It's all about the money. And that's incredibly sad. It is very sad. Speaking of that, my son is in the ER right now. So if you see me glancing down oh my at my goodness. phone, I'm just making, like, I'm just checking it out. And he shouldn't be in the ER at all. 
he should be home and given over the counter. But this is something I have to deal with with MS. Um, I'm sure my ex-mother-in-law is taking him there, but it's like he has a sore throat. There's no need for ER, give him over-counter meds. And if he's not better in the morning, get... And that's you see, this is why we have people that abuse ERs with these things. Like these small, small... But it's, like it's actually more dangerous to him because like for myself, if I have... if Since my immune system and the same with MS um, is heightened all the time, that's with anybody with an immune suppressant disease, you, our normal immune system is working overtime all the time. So we don't typically get normal like colds and stuff, you know, as much as other people. But when there's something like that, I'm putting myself more at risk by going to the ER and exposing myself to all these other sick people to get something potentially more dangerous than I would have been if I waited to be seen by, you know, a normal doctor or whatever. So I try not to, I try to stay out of those places because I don't, <laughs> don't want to get. Sorry, I'm messaging and he goes, we're already here. We checked in. I said this, he needs to go home. That's what I'm telling him. I guess, see, my ex-husband's even there because he's messaging me back. So he shouldn't even be there. So I, I just, uh, I worked in the ER in urgent care. Uh, I worked at the hospital for 13 years, ER and urgent care the last eight years. So half, half of the time over, a little over half of the time in the hospital setting, I worked in the ER and urgent care. So it, it's just like when you have these cold and flu-like symptoms and mm. stuff, don't go to the ER. If urgent no. care is closed, take your medicine over the counter, hold out until the morning till urgent care opens or call your doctor. Um, that's how we get really sick people come in and, and we're waiting on beds. Mm -hmm. So don't or go somebody, to the ER. you know, <laughs> that's sitting in the waiting room with like, I've even been to, I, I was assaulted once and, and hit in the, the, the face with, um, with the bottle in a parking lot one time Holy and smokes. my, my head was fractured. Like I had, I mean, thank goodness for the, the doctor that stitched it up there, but, um, I had 36 stitches. It fractured my skull. So, but, and this ER was so busy because it was on like a Friday night, um, that, I had to sit in the waiting room. I was passing out every two, two, three seconds, probably when I first came in there, you know, because I'm bleeding profusely from my head. And they told me to go have a seat and wait. There's a line. And like, like you could see my, you could see to the bone, you know, to all, like, it was ridiculous. And they told me to go have a, go wait, you know, they've got, they've got people ahead of me. And um, I'm like, I, I'll just go back to, you know, butterfly bandages and, and super glue or something. And there, there's people too that abuse the system saying that they have chest pain really bad just to get back there faster. Yeah. So they don't have to be, be, and then when you get, you get them back there, their story changes. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had that so many times in the ER. It was awful, awful. So, um, and, and that's what, you know, I, I get that when I was being kicked out of the hospital, I'm, I'm not, I, I understand they probably see people like that all the time, but I'm like the last person to go to the doctor now, you know, for, well, even back then, unless it was really, really bad. Um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't show emotion through pain like most people. So mm -hmm. if I'm, you, even when I, 
went into labor with my daughter and stuff and didn't didn't have a car and they had to rush me to a different town in the ambulance they're like but you look fine and and the emt there was taking my blood pressure and it was like oh, oh my god you are in labor and i'm like what am i supposed and it, unless is it come down to like who makes the biggest scene you know who's crying the most or like <laughs> how are we supposed to react it, you know, it's really hard nowadays to t tell if if somebody's in true pain or not. I do have a high pain tolerance. I had to have my a year actually this week. I had to have my appendix uh, taken out, emergency surgery, and I kept thinking it was indigestion. And I'm this like, week or this week it'll be a year. <laughs> a year. Oh, ago. I was like, yeah. what is wrong with you, Emily? Why are you here? <laughs> so I waited. It, the pain started at six o'clock in the morning. Six, and I and I kept thinking I was taking antacids, you know, all that, all that stuff. And it wasn't going away. It wasn't going away. And I finally, it was like, I, I was bowed over though, walking into yeah. the ER. I'm surprised I even drove there. And I, and I said, listen, I don't complain about pain. I wasn't in tears or anything. I just couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him calmly as can be, I'm in pain and this is really bad. And this has never happened. And something's going on. And I think the woman, like there was people there. I think she could tell my mom said when she got there, finally, my face, my lips and everything were hell numb. Um, well, I was able to take the mask off in my room, but she said I was pale all over. And it gave me, um, they actually went ahead, they just gave me morphine right then. And they didn't ask me anything else. They, and within like one minute, two minutes, that pain was gone. I'm like, something is wrong. It was my appendix. And then when they went to remove it, it, it burst. <laughs> so I was in the hospital for some time and, and recovery was really hard, but um, you know, and then, but you have those other people, not that this is wrong by any means that over dramatizes a lot or they're hypochondriacs and, and they freak out. Well, so I have multiple theories on this actually. Now that I've, I've been through so many different situations and scenarios and worked with a lot of people on that. First of all, I mean, I mean, yeah, I try not to because say if a carpenter gets a splinter, right, they've uh, they've probably had hundreds of splinters in their career. So it's not that big of a deal. But if a child gets a splinter for the first time, a really bad one, they're going to think it's the end of the world, you know, um, whether not necessarily even pain wise, just psychologically, you know, when they see it. So, so their reaction is going to be different. Um, and the same with, with anything, you know, I, I tell, I always think back to my, my kids and I were standing in line for, uh, for the fair one time and we're redheads. So we get nosebleeds all the time, you know, have all of our lives, but there was this this little boy in front of us that got a nosebleed. You know, he's probably six, seven years old. It was really hot. It was in the summertime. Um, so I didn't think anything of it. You know, his mom started crying, freaking out, saying she was going to call 911. The boy started, that made the boy even worse, freaking out, you know. And I get it because when people have nosebleeds, yeah, there's for no, you know, when you're just standing there doing nothing. Um, it is kind of scary. And I, I get that, especially if it doesn't happen all the time uh -huh. to that person but this was like 
it you could just see it spread down the line the fear oh. and the anxiety from it you know the mom freaked out so the boy freaked out even more like he and that was making his nose bleed worse and it went down like other people started free and i was like oh like here just you know hold your nose i have some kleenex <laughs> it'll stop in a minute it's, it's fine my son's like i have them all the time and he was pretty young then too <laughs> <laughs> so so to us we're like what what's the big deal like it's a nosebleed you know and and it's happened throughout their lives like it happened to my mom too um at camp counselors and and boy scout leaders everything have called me freaking out themselves your son's nose is bleeding we can't get it stopped i'm like oh he'll be fine like 15 minutes till this, till I mean, his head back <laughs> yeah i'm like if it goes past you know a certain time yeah call me back but otherwise and they're and i feel like they judge me at that moment they're like really she like his mom doesn't even care that <laughs> like, like, been yeah. there done that been there happens done that all the time. 15 million times but so. so that's my theory on on that but hypochondriacs after becoming highly highly empathic and this was after and i think my last near-death experience um i thought back throughout history what if empaths were or what if hypochondriacs were actually just super sensitive empathic people who picked up, because if I go to a cemetery for that matter, I have pain or I can feel how, you know, if that person was hit in the head when they died, if they, they fell downstairs, whatever, if they had stomach problems or I get a pain in that area. So what if these hypochondriacs and then they go to the doctor and nothing's, you know, it, it looks on the surface like nothing's wrong. What if they're just feeling um, diseases and sickness and everything from other people, from people around them. I don't, I don't know. I think we can speak a lot of things onto ourselves. Um, hold on one second. Uh, my son is calling me real fast. Oh, no. I, I'm going to mute yes. myself. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. But yes, I, so I've had this, I've had this thought because if, if you're sensitive to, um, everything the energy around you then it, it would be you know say someone next to you has a a broken whatever um arm leg even even if it's an animal or like an insect or something if people absorb that that energy and those feelings because i you know many mediums do that so if people are absorbing that type of energy then who's then why wouldn't we be able to do it with the living you know what i mean like why why is that such a a far-fetched thought and and i've learned so much more by by communicating not only with deceased uh mental hospital patients but but the living as well um that there there's been so many misunderstandings with in when it comes to mental health and and these things because you know if you think back at how how far we've come now with a lot of these um what used to be considered um 
mental health issues that are now, now it's normal to many, many people in society. Um, what, what wound is that? I don't know. It, it just, it, I, I still just get Facebook user, whoever said interesting idea and what, what, what would, um, but, but that's, it's something that I've always wondered about, especially now, because for kids too, you know, as, as a parent, when, when we have a child that's very sensitive and, and that comes to us with saying something hurts or something, um, you know, is wrong. And then you take them to the doctor and you take them to specialists and you take them and, and they don't find anything wrong. Well, maybe it's something they're picking up from their environment. What, what would you say is the difference between the empathic versus the mental you would look for? Um, typically, uh, I, I, I mean, scientifically, I don't, I don't know an answer to that because even after studying psychology, it's hard, it's hard to put, I don't like to put labels on things. I think as a society, that's, that's what's happening to everything. And that's our problem is we always want to name everything. We always want to name problems. We want to label things and, and, and I think that first, that's a whole other, that's a whole other rabbit hole because I've learned, obviously, when you name something, you give more energy to it. But if you look throughout history to how much power names have over everything, I'm talking not, not just, well, how much power words have, not just names of people, names of places, names of diseases. Um, so. It spreads just like the, you know, just like negativity does, just like a cold does, just like anything. It's it's the power you give to it, the energy you give to it. So when you start naming these things, you name, you know, you label a person as having this mental dis health disorder or you label a person as having this disease or that disease or whatever. If I labeled everything I've ever had, I, I you know, I look at medical sheets now when I, um, if I'm at a doctor's office and it, when it asks you a list of things that you've had and I'm like, oh, shoot, I could probably check like 90%, probably 95% of those things. But it's, it's kind of a mind over matter thing. If you believe 100% that, um, you know, what a doctor says that something is going to kill you, then it probably will. It absolutely will because you believe it will. If, um, as far as the, the empaths and hypochondriac, you know, discussion we were having, think of children, okay? When a child starts saying that they have something wrong physically with them, um, and it's something pretty advanced, like that they shouldn't, well, nowadays it's, it's see, that's again, that's different than our, than um, other generations, because we didn't have social media. Um, we didn't have TikTok. We didn't have everything under the sun planting in people's minds that they're all sick. You know, maybe there wouldn't be as many people sick if they didn't think they were sick, because 
I 100% believe that there's a lot of people that probably have diseases and illnesses they they don't even realize they have um, and they cured themselves over and over from them because it's it's a mental thing. Like if they knew they had those things, if they had gone to the doctor um, and had, because they were scared and had numerous people tell them, then yes, it probably would have um, taken over their body. Absolutely. But everything has a vibrational frequency. Every single disease, bacteria, um, anything in healthcare that's been named has a vibrational frequency. Sometimes, and energy and in thoughts um, can technically activate those illnesses or diseases or stresses or whatever. It, that has been 100% proven by science. Um, so I think we do more harm by, I'm not saying we shouldn't research things and, and all of that, but, but sometimes like with, when we had the, the shutdown, you know, the world shutdown, you know, who didn't get it that much and, and had very few deaths or, um, cases or anything like that was like small town America because they didn't watch the news. They probably didn't even know there was a virus. Half of them didn't even wear masks for however long because they weren't afraid of getting it. When you get fear and that energy is infused into everything we do, then it's going to amplify it and make it spread faster. So. Sorry about that, Trish. (laughs) Okay. I hope your son's okay. You can you, you can go if you need to go. You know, I'm probably going to have to drive and go get him some over-counter medicine for him to have at his dad's house. So I can probably stay on for maybe another ten or fifteen minutes and then go because they're yeah, that's they're not okay. Fine. All right, Absolutely. thank you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I was just discussing the the power that um, fear. In, mm-hmm. in any illness, you know, I was saying if a doctor tells you you have a disease and you're going to die, then you probably will. Because no, don't Google it. Don't Google anything either. <laughs> don't use Google. <laughs> right. And and just like like getting multiple opinions from doctors, one might tell you one thing, one might tell you another thing. One, it depends on where they went to school, how they studied, if they even have knowledge of whatever it is you have, you know. So. Joe Fox. God bless and good luck, Emily. Oh, thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. It's that time of year. It's coming on a little bit early. We've been having like 50 to 60 degree weather. Tomorrow's supposed to be 75 degrees in Kentucky. And um, so it's like my sinuses have acted up some, but jet can go really fast from having just a regular cold to pneumonia. Like he was a preemie. So, um, I understand that maybe his dad wants to take, but no, I got his dad to leave the ER <laughs> and they are on their way home. So <laughs> like, there's no need to be there, but his dad doesn't have any over-counter medicine. So I'm going to go get it. I, um, yeah, I, I definitely, and, and it's different with kids, you know, we, 
um, you never know because you never know when you like you said things can can escalate so fast especially with with compromised immunity um, I'm just thankful Jet's 13 now and he can voice like what's really hurting him or he can talk yeah. you know, I can talk to him about his medicine because I can't unfortunately with MS I can't his dad told me the same story I think three times on the phone <laughs> maybe four just a few minutes ago so it's it's hard okay yeah. okay you've told me and I keep telling him each time I just try to say it not I said Dustin you just told me this Oh, I'm just telling you. And then like he says something else and then he'll say the same sentence again. Or I do that too. And, and it's, we don't even realize we're, because at mm -hmm. that point, like I could remember anything from maybe 10 years ago, you know, but when, when mine was that bad, as far as the, the, the lesions and stuff, um, I couldn't remember five seconds ago, you know. That's but. how it's getting. It's getting kind of scary. And I don't want to go to through the court system or anything over this whatsoever, but it's, I worry a lot and I just want the best for everybody all the way around. <laughs> That's what started so. worrying me mm -hmm. with, with my kids, you know, as a single mom, I would do things. I started like leaving the oven on, you know, mm -hmm. I started, um, we got locked out of the house numerous times. We, I would forget debit cards and car keys. I mean, like I would lay them down in the middle of a store, like things like not even, mm -hmm. you know, um, so, so it did get, it got really scary there for a while. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on, on cures for, for dementia and MS and, and other things that affect, um, affect the brain and spine because, you know, because I have that. So I have that problem. So, um, I'm sure there's some natural remedies out there that can help, help. That, that's what I do. I, I do. But, I, I absolutely believe that because now I don't take any medicine over the counter of any wow. kind ever. Um, and I, I do, I drink herbal teas. I um, do a lot of things holistically, you know, um, the exercise, the red light therapy, things like that, that keep it from um, getting to, to that level again. Um, mm -hmm. And and I have many family, like family members that um, have had MS too, that, that have actually, um, you know, died from it and stuff. So it's, and there's so much that, because MS, they don't, like I said, they, they correlate Lyme and MS as being the same thing, but um, there's still so much, it's, it's like a, there's not that much research done on it. And again, I think this is due to big pharma you know the they just keep the mill going with the, the, the doctor's appointments the testing yep. the medicine it's sad it's so yep. sad and it, it's and, and then you know it's also physically hard on the patient because you, they have to continue to keep going to these things over yep. and over he gets iv treatments every four months and that's like an eight hour treatment and yep. um you know, he has to go two hours I was away. Taking my kids with me as a single mom to the hospital um, for a while there, every day after work to get um, get an IV or shots or whatever. Uh, I mean, I did this for at that point when it was at its worst, almost a year. Uh, I refused to be um, admitted to the hospital as a patient for six months, mm -hmm. like they wanted to do, because um, I was like. 
my kids don't have anyone like how who would raise me what would happen you know and that's the only reason i wasn't hospitalized for that long but um there's there's not they they just don't know a lot about it which is crazy to me that there hasn't been more research done you know on on things that could possibly help or cure it so there were things that happened that i started that i had done in my life that actually there has been research done on certain things um rattlesnake venom that was a new one i just learned yesterday has been used for nerve um therapy um bee venom um gila monster saliva um I don't recommend anyone getting any of those on your own. <laughs> yeah, don't do it on your own, please. Don't, don't. And obviously, these are just take, opinions. We are not experts yes, here. Take the advice from a doctor. <laughs> but I'm saying there has been research done on these off the wall things that I'm like, that's the last thing. You know, I used to get stung by bees all the time. I used to get like, maybe they were helping me. Tattoos, tattoos, actually, it has been proven, there has been a study on this, that tattoos boost your immune system. And I'm Weird. like, huh, wow. Um, because it's a gradual it, thing over time, you know, so. Does that um, just, does it, because it like manipulates your skin, like that's where all the germs, everything comes in. The more tattoos, I wonder, I wonder if the more tattoos you have, how sick are you? Like we got these people that have full body tattoos. How often are they sick? Probably never. That'd be interesting. Because if you're brave enough to get a full body tattoo, then you're not afraid of anything. And <laughs> uh, so you're not going to get anything. <laughs> it, I mean, that's kind of interesting though. I never thought of that about that. Well, because it's, it's okay. Think about like when something, um, actually it's funny. I just saw this thing on the history channel about termites and just, that's how they're really small, but they take over their, um, you know, whatever, whether it be another colony of bugs or even like a house by gradually poking holes in it. Okay. A few holes isn't going to do anything. But once you get hundreds, thousands, it could eventually take down that giant, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's the same with our immune systems, but tattoos were purposely doing that, hmm. you know, hundreds of little tiny, um, uh, pin prick, um, or needle prick with the ink and stuff over and over and over. So mentally, actually, I have a book on that, um, I will have to send you Emily because, and, okay. and I'll have to post it because it's really interesting. This, this doctor and scientist had the same theory about people healing themselves. Like if you're hiking in the wild and you get a gash, you know, that's that you're bleeding profusely. He said, have, if there's somebody with you and you're far from medical, you know, any type of medical care, um, have them perform that same action that hurts you, you know, say you got hit in the head. Have mm -hmm. them act like they're going to hit you in the head over and over and over. And then your brain, they, and they actually did experimented with these Weird. when people got hurt and the wound started closing up itself and the person would stop bleeding. That's how powerful your mind is because you become, it's like you relive that, that certain event over and over and over that it doesn't affect you anymore. You become immune to it. And I think that's the same with, hmm. with disease and everything. It um, could be very, very much so. 
also speak. I'm a big person with words. You speak things into existence. So if you're going to speak sickness, you're going to get sickness. If you're going to speak healing, you're going to speak healing or you're going to receive healing. So, um, you know, I've had my fair share of medical issues at my uh, 41 and 41 years old, but it's, um, it's been a lot, uh, especially the last year, but, you know, I kept, instead of getting beat down all over, I just kept going, I'm going to, by this time tomorrow, I'll be okay by this time. And I wouldn't even like give thought to anything else. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I, I always just said, by this time tomorrow, I'll be okay. By this time next week, I'll be okay. By this time next month, next year, I'll be okay. <laughs> you know? So. And that's what you have to do. And and that's what I said too. You know, I said, I start, even when I was talking to other people about it, I changed my vocabulary. Instead of saying I was sick or had a chronic illness, I started saying I'm healing mm-hmm. from yes. a chronic illness. You know, I, I, I didn't define myself as that. And actually it was a lot easier to do when I wasn't seeing six specialists a week, you know, because <laughs> everybody else was defining me as that. So, um, there's a lot to, you know, the light therapy, the vibration is a big thing and that's with anything. And that's, I, you know, I have learned that most illnesses, um, or not illnesses, most what look, I'm not saying all of them, people don't, don't write to me and be like, she said that, no, as far as mental illnesses, you know, when we were talking about like hypochondriacs and stuff, or, or even now ADHD and autism and stuff and kids, most of those come down to a, a nutrition de- deficiency because of the food we eat. Usually too, it's a vitamin D deficiency yeah. in, in yep. a lot of, a lot of the stuff. Um, what was it? They said, I, they thought I had, I, they thought I had systemic, um, what is it called? Lupus. Mm-hmm. And I went through, did all this testing. Then they said I had leukemia, did all this testing. But then nothing ever came out of it. And everybody said I was fine after a while. But the one thing that they kept worrying about the whole thing was I had a vitamin D deficiency. So I had to take vitamin D shots every week for a while. Um, probably, I think about three or four months. And then I ended up supplementing with vitamin D and I do vitamin D3 and vitamin, is it D4? three there's the plant-based vitamin d i take it yeah that's the plant-based not just from the sun but the plant vitamin d and b12 is usually mm-hmm. um and iron too for people cause fatigue uh, cause almost all of the symptoms that that are attributed to fibromyalgia and lupus and um lyme disease and and ms and all of Parkinson's even. Um, now the, like, yes, those I'm, I'm saying those, if you let it get to the point where your body's, you know, at a very, very low level of that, um, then that's where it's kind of on a, on a downward slope of, of you have to change so much beside, then it is shutting down your other organs and, and nerve damage and things like that. But um, you know, as redheads, that's not like I'm born vitamin D deficient. So I've always mm-hmm. had that as well. Um, but that's what I think with, even with, um, psychics and mediums and stuff, you know, how much of that is actually our ailments or how much of that is, you know, from the spirit realms, because it, 
same theory with the holes. Like if you keep getting attacked, not just by, well, maybe by, by uh, spiritual attacks, then that's going to put holes in your aura, right? Which is your body's protector. Same thing with the world, you know, as within, so without. So our ozone, okay, mm -hmm. a few holes can heal themselves, right? But if we have whole, every, all of these different countries putting holes in it every day from the things we're doing, you know, methane, gas, whatever, it can't, it, it's too much. It can't repair itself. And, you know, all these, all these little fires lead to a big one. So, um, I, I don't know. I, this world is, I never thought I'd live in a time like this. <laughs> never dreamt about it. Like there's so much stuff going on with chemicals and what's uh, at our farmlands. And then um, with the, all of the, I did the huge big research last year with all the plants burning down. I have it on my website um, and it's absolutely crazy. I, I just feel like America personally, this is just my opinion. We, we are becoming like a third world country, you know, um, with a lot of, a lot of our, like organic things that we we've depended on for a very, very long time to run, you know, this side of the world. And we're depending well, on way more other people and other things. But to it's because we don't have a choice. You know, like I was telling you all with the Wi-Fi towers and things like that, our air with the chemtrails is being poisoned. Our water is poisoned. Our, mm -hmm. um, you know, even it doesn't matter how well you eat or or how much sleep you get or how healthy you live if the literal air you breathe is poison you know what i mean like and the water you drink um because there's not you can't control that um but i think again it comes down to and the, and the same with pandemics and people it, these weather balloons that everybody's like oh are they going to spread some listen people that's what I was saying. If you, the second you have fear in these things, um, you, you open that door to literally allowing anything in because whether it be an illness, an entity, uh, whatever, because that's what, what gives it more power over your body. You know, if you mm -hmm. think that those things are going to kill you, then yes, they probably will. Um, Stop I watching mainstream media, media too. I don't yeah. have any news here at my house whatsoever. I, I watch something, obviously TikTok, but I research it out before I post it on any of my social media um, stuff. If I use any of those videos up in my stories or whatever, but um, as the news or anything like that, no, I don't have any of that here. Stopped watching the news. I think when Obama got a second term, um, it was, I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was, and then you have baby boomers like my dad, love his heart. I still can't believe he sits and watches Fox News day in, day out. And to me alone, that's just depressing. But you still have the baby boomer generation yeah. because they were raised on the TV to trust the TV, to trust the news. And they still can't pull away from the TV. To, to yeah. in, You know, my mom is paying a big, huge cable bill because my dad just wants to watch the news. She streams everything. Yeah. My dad is 12 years older than my mom, I think. 10 or 12 years older than my mom. So he's another generation. 
and she's like more tech savvy a little bit, you know, she's oh, mine she's, like, they yeah. still use flip phones up until you know, my dad's flip phone a week ago. Um, <laughs> but they're the same way. They, it, it's like, they're still back in the, you know, eighties or something where they think they only have three channels. And yeah, um, that's my dad. <laughs> that's exactly my dad. Exactly he, like my, my dad. dad watches baseball, the news and um old john wayne movies like that's it <laughs> he my dad my dad watches the news golf he want watch sons of anarchy when that was out he loves that and then he'll watch some preaching and stuff some uh christian channels here and there but it's uh, literally i probably 95 percent of the time i walk into their house and that news is on every single time and he has it sky high and that. that's just programming your mind like all mm -hmm. of those things are you know plus i i try to teach people to you know my clients and stuff that work with it, it's not just you can't just start eating right and expect your body to change right away you can't just start exercising tomorrow although that's the first step you know but but you have to be consistent with it and the same thing with being grounded and and making time for self-care is probably the biggest thing I've, you know, in the last few years, because even kids, you know, with the video mm -hmm. games and after the pandemic and not getting outside as much and not riding bikes and not going to playgrounds because they were shut down. You still have to, you can do those things at home, just, you know, disconnect from all the digital stuff for, for a while, because, um, I think, you know, obviously that's what starts poking those initial holes mm -hmm. in our, our personalities are changing, you know, everything. It's crazy. It really does. And then I always say, I'm going to say end with this because I'm going to go have to get him medicine. But um, the first two weeks of anything yes. that you do is the hardest, is the hardest two weeks. Get through the first two weeks. You can get through yeah. anything. Just stay consistent and, and and you know that's with exercise that's with eating new foods cleansing yourself i'm telling you i'm starting it now i started it uh, friday back to running after a year of surgeries and all this crazy stuff i haven't ran in a year i'm like oh, the startup is so hard i was running like yeah. 20 30 miles a week i've done that most of my life and the only other time i did not run was when i, I was pregnant with our son and um anyway uh this past year has been really hard, but I started Friday and I'm doing it every other day and I'm dreading the two weeks, but get through the first two weeks and you'll do fantastic. I promise, promise. And don't ever It quit. does so much for your mind too and your mental mm -hmm. health um, exercise and just moving your body, um, you know, because that's helps with stress, it, your stress oh, yeah. levels. I love that runner's high too. Like, especially I used to do it in the heat of the day too, for lunch. I work from home. So my lunch hour, I would go out and run like two, three, four miles and then be back and then take a quick shower. But if that runner's high being out there really hot, I, I'm mm -hmm. always like, why do you pick the middle of the day? Do it early morning. I'm not a morning person, but I just love that feeling. So hopefully I'll get back to that. And, and it just, in it, it, also helped me with my work too. It was like a yeah, midday helps break. You, helps you focus more. Absolutely. And I felt like I felt like I did a lot better in the afternoon into the evening than ever. Like I do now. Like now I'm just like tired and all this stuff. You would think you'd be tired from running, but it's that's not no, the case yeah. with me. 
Well, and plus it, it helps your, you know, for people that are afraid of having another pandemic, things like that, you increase your cardiac output, you, you mm -hmm. increase your, your lung capacity, everything, you know, it's not just mentally and, and, and aside from being good for your organs, but all of those things prevent, even if you do, like I did get COVID, but, but it didn't spread to thank thank God, even with an immune suppressive disease, you know, I, I, I didn't get the pneumonia like I normally would have. I mm -hmm. didn't get, because I was religiously the last, you know, two years probably um, continually going to the gym and, and exercise, even if it was just walking, even if that's mm -hmm. all I could do that day, I was still doing it, not just for mental, you know, to keep that, um, that discipline going in my brain, but but I think that absolutely helped with not catching every single thing that, that could have killed me, you know, that came around. Um, and anyone can take one step. I don't care who you are. And I've seen people with no legs, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't like, everybody do, has an excuse. Do something a, a day that makes you feel good about yourself and stick with it for at least two weeks and you watch and see that you'll take off from there. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I, I keep telling every, every time I'm like, oh, cause I ran Friday and I ran yesterday, Sunday. And I'm like, Oh, two weeks I'm done. It's like, get through the two weeks. But um, I am going to have to go Trish. I'm going to have to go get yes. my son. No, some, no problem. Some I hope he's, throat, he's better soon. He'll be, fine. he'll be fine. So I'm just glad he's not in the ER. So daddy, his dad listened to me. That's a miracle. <laughs> Well, so. and honey and um, echinacea tea. Honey has a lot of antimicrobial. I have coffee. honey here, but he won't. He probably won't take that over there. <laughs> he probably won't. He just he, Robitussin probably is what I'm going to end up getting him for a couple days or something like that. But yeah, I'm sure it's just allergies. <laughs> but yeah. thank you for having me on your show. And I'll thank probably hopefully see you. Friday and way to go Chiefs. Yay on the Super Bowl <laughs> win. What was it? It's 50 years since they won. When was the last time they won? What? No, they, they've Come gone on. the they last won. uh yeah, no, no, they've been on a streak here. Um so... oh, hold on. I'm not thinking of Chiefs. I was thinking of something else. I was else. like Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of something else. My, my now went... their coach, Andy Reid, um, the Chiefs coach formerly coached the Eagles from 1999 through 2017, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Oh uh, yeah. They, I'm sorry. They won in 2020. I should have known that. Maybe that was, yeah, I should have known that 2020 and then 2023. Yeah. The last one before that was 1970. So that's what maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And the chiefs played in the, first um super bowl ever against the green bay packers back in what like 1952 it says franchise won three league championships 1962 66 and 69 super bowls were 1970 2020 and 2023 well if i was going to lose my guessing game i was going to be proud to lose against the eagles since they're over here like seven people <laughs> yeah all of, a lot of our other hosts are um i don't want to say all of them but a lot of them are from 
from Pennsylvania. So, um, well, Trish, I just want to say thank you so much, and thank you everybody for tuning in. And I'll probably see you Friday. On, well, on... tell everyone when your show is. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I forgot about that. What the freak live? We're on the same network here, Friday nights at six p.m. Central Standard Time, at seven p.m. Eastern. And uh, this Friday, hopefully, if I have water, um, Carl Johnson that worked with the conjuring and all that stuff. He's a demonologist. He's going to be on our show this Friday. So we'll be talking demons Ooh. and ghosts. So, and the conjuring house. So anyway, I'll see you all Friday and hopefully see you Friday, Trish. Thank you so much. And I'll talk Thank to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you all for, for your, your patience and understanding in, in our, uh, Man, that's that's tough though. There's so many things going around this well at this time of year. But um, I just love Emily. She's hilarious. If you ever tune in to um, her and Joe on on Fridays as well, um, they go round and round about different issues, and it's just hilarious. Like like I said, I'm <laughs> usually the one that's just like <laughs> I sit back and um, when I when I do um, have pop into that show occasionally um oh, i couldn't see in the chat for a second there yes i do see your your chats now most of them some of them still say facebook user but um for the most part if you if you've allowed if you've given it that permission then i see your name um oh so what you all were, were talking or waiting for, I guess. Um, another important thing this week is um, February 15th is National Singles Awareness Day, which I will be celebrating. For those of you that, you know, I, I really feel like we should just have like, I don't know, another Halloween in February or something because um, I don't I don't really do that the uh, Valentine's Day thing, but, um, but I did, um, I'm going to do an instructional video on, I don't know what day I'm going to do it on. I will post that. I'm going to do it live on my channel, on my other channel, which I'm launching, you know, my entire website. You see the website oh, over, over there below my name. And, um, that's actually not connected to it yet because I haven't launched my website. But I figured since this is going to future archives forever, um, then I will put it there because um, that's going to connect all of my businesses, all of my art, all of my photography, um, blogs, blogs, everything. The Teyamo um, Trish website, which which had or YouTube channel which has will have all of the the health vid videos like nutrition fitness um art everything that i do in my uh life basically will be on that channel and so um i am going to be doing an instructional because i promised and people requested it after my little batman spiel last week um I am going to do an instructional video. This isn't 100% complete. I don't even know if you can see it on here, but I will post it on. It's very beginner friendly. Like this is a, a mixed uh, medium 
um, Batman scene from, this isn't from Be Batman Begins. It is actually from Batman Forever. Um, you know, when Seal played, um, or when Seal had the, the theme song for that one um, of Kiss by a Rose on the Grave. And so I'm going to be doing that probably this week. It will be live. I will post it on um, my Facebook page on, on the missing piece. I'll just link it on the missing piece Facebook page as well. And I'm going to start doing that on my themed little cryptid things. This one's actually, I want to do this for Valentine's day. And I, I, I purposely did that theme. Like it's got leather and lace to symbolize um, for bats, you know, death and rebirth transformation. So kind of the, like the tough skin, like we we're talking about, you got to have tough skin in life. Um, the leather, but then the lace as, you know, bats' wings are very delicate, actually, even though um, they're incredible creatures. They, um, creatures of the night. And um, interestingly enough, when I was reading on the National Parks and Recreation Services uh, website yesterday, they were talking about preservation services in your national parks. And they said that the first thing to restore an environment, um, you know, um, a, a biosphere, basically, they is to start with the creatures of the night um, because everything in the dark obviously helps everything in the light. Um, and I always say that, you know, it's, it's everything in nature works that way. So, but if you want to see how I made this and would like to follow along, then I will have that um, this week. And, and art is a huge, is a passion of mine. It's, it's actually healed me time and time again, because colors have frequencies, as we've talked about before, um, and vibrations and, and things like that. And my my art's always incredibly um it it's always intuitive into the future so you know most psychics and mediums and such do readings or or work with tarot things like that i'm a historical medium so i typically i i mean i do i have done like cold case type um, missing persons, but but now for the most part, I love the historical aspects. So um, a lot of my art will reflect something that that that's like a piece of a puzzle that I'm looking for um, comes out in my artwork of the past or the future. So um, it's always interesting. But I, I want to do you know I've I've done so many paintings and pictures and stuff of even like Bigfoot. My my depiction of that Bigfoot and um, UFOs, all kinds of stuff, different, um, different things. So I'm going to start sharing that as well as having like instructional videos and I do woodworking. I do, um, all kinds of things. So I think it's important to keep all of those, um, keep handmade crafts and art and everything human handmade human hand isn't it sad that we have to say that human handmade crafts and woodworking and whatever you do um you know i want to learn um how to work what's the word for it 
not I was going to say metal smithing. It might be. Um, I want to I want to learn more how to work with metal because that's another that's another element. Um, and I do incorporate a lot of metal in in other forms, you know, with wood and stuff. So, but that's something that AI can never do. I don't care where you come from. A robot or a machine can never infuse the human energy into art or, or craftsmanship, things like that, because that's what's very unique about, about our planet. And um, I think it's important to keep that alive. So, and it's incredibly healing too. It's very relaxing. You know, even if you, I've, I've been on this, Emily was talking about do something for two weeks um, because I had gotten away from it for so long and I've started making a point to, to do art journaling um, at least every single day, do something small every single day. And so I started, um, you know, some days that I'm really tired or whatever, don't fill up to it. I just doodle, like I'll do little doodles or something. I'll fill a page with that or I'll fill a page with watercolor. You know, that doesn't take as much time as like some big elaborate thing. And, um, and it is, I think it, it helps my, it for mental you know, your mood, everything, especially in winter months when you can't get outdoors as much. Um, but I incorporate all of that into my art. I'm start, I'm going to start doing on my other channel. Also, I'm going to start doing live. Um, I take, I take my, my kids to a lot of, uh, we go on a lot of adventures it, and we incorporate everything in those adventures. So like, if I get a message from a spirit at some cemetery in another town, then I'm going to look up in that town, the different, historical sites or like what archaeologists are doing in that town or, or, or botanical gardens or things, because then, especially with my daughter and my, I, my, my son's a teenager. He's not interested in foraging anything anymore, but I use a lot of when I find acorns, certain leaves, we'll learn about that leaf. We'll learn what it does, what tree it comes from, what plant it comes from, um, how it benefits nature, We'll learn all about that that one thing that we find, um, and then we'll we'll create art with it, or we'll do something with that. You know, like um, the little acorn shells, things like that. I don't now. I advise you don't ever like when I make art or macrame or wall hangs or whatever out of sticks or, or wood or something. I don't tear it off a tree, okay? People do not abuse nature in that way. I'm talking about things that are already on the ground and I don't take more than I, I need or can use because you'll, you'll probably get karma for that or something. You know, the, the forest elementals might, might come after you for that. So obviously be respectful. Um, we always take, I try to almost 100% of the time take, um, a trash bag because of course in all of our national parks and forests and everything there's always litter from from people um so i try to try to help in that manner but but it's it's once you start doing that you start looking it causes us to be present for one which most people aren't but it also helps with um it forces you to to pay attention to the little things, to find things um, that you wouldn't normally see, you know, because when you look closer, look at the bigger picture of things, there's 
there's entire biospheres of of living things all around us all the time that people just don't notice you know there's there's entire colonies of ants and and birds and and flowers and everything that we walk all over every single day of our lives so i encourage you even do like and i'll probably i'll probably post those because i do them these are things i do in my own life um all the time you know i all I'll make up like a little scavenger hunt for my daughter and I on our our walk for the day or hike or something. And not only does it get us involved and more connected with family, but it makes it more fun to do those things like trying to keep up with 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 walking or running or exercising every day or getting out every day or doing something together. It makes it more fun. It makes it a challenge. You know, if I if I make a list of things like a scavenger hunt for us to go find that day, then my daughter's excited to do it. Sometimes even my son, you know, and it's hard to get teenagers to do anything these days. So um, that's one thing I, I am going to to do in the future, along with my book and movie club. And I do, um, I'm going to start doing that again. I used to with my other channel a long time ago, um, where I would have live, you can do live movie reviews on Amazon. So for some guests that I have coming on or that I have in the past that, that are actors in different movies or, or documentaries or whatever, you can have a live Amazon movie review, you schedule the time and everything, everybody comes and watches it. And there's no, it's free unless, um, as long as you have, you know, like an Amazon account. And um, you can join in the chat and everything along with the movie. So I think that's really cool on some of these um, sci-fi sci-fi movies that are really close to, to reality. Um, I thought that would be something fun to do in the future. And that's it. That's all I've been doing. I'm not, you know, since I'm in the middle of moving, obviously, I uh, I know it's taken away from me being able to have as many guests and stuff this month because I can't devote as much time in reading their books or researching them. But uh, we will be back to normal, well, hopefully, um, and depending on, on the nature of uh, the state of the world at that time, you know, we're it's it's coming upon St. Patrick's Day's next month, right? So um, there's a lot to look forward to, though. So um, I do want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Um, I want to, if you do, um, like my channel, um, subscribe, anything like that. Leave a comment of what you want to see in the future. Leave a comment about what you don't want to see in the future. Um, all of those things encourage us to keep doing it because even though my channel has grown so much over, um, you know, over the last year since I've done it, it's been a year and like a few weeks now. Um, I, I don't get feedback from you all. So, um, it, it's hard for us to keep doing something, um, that, you know, if, if people don't appreciate it or the energy we put into it anyways. Um, so leave a comment or, or um, send me an email, things like that. Also, I was, I forgot about this. I found this at a random, like a yard sale recently. I haven't read it, but I'm going to put it on my list. I just thought it was funny. And, you know, I'm usually intuitively led to different books and art and things like that. And this one is Maximum Boy, starring in 
Invasion from the Planet of the Cows by Dan Greenberg. So I'm going, and this again, will probably be my next themed painting because now I have another idea for this. But I wanna read this. And these are easy books you can read. You, I mean, I'm telling you people usually, Okay. Uh, okay. I just flipped to a page. <laughs> here's how, here's how my intuition works. And I usually find these things in like the most off the wall children's books or something. Um, the first page, why this sounds like an interesting read, um, big words, short, uh, short book, you know, it'd probably take me, I don't know, like 30 minutes to read this or something, but so it's a small chunk of your time. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need, I need to tell you all this. First of all, the first page I flipped to, right? I haven't read this. I just got it the other day from this yard sale. Random. But the first page I flipped to, my job at the Pentagon is very important, said the strange voice under the desk. Um, that's one of the first lines. and. <laughs> so aside from that when I flip to the back this is crazy the first book in this series this is apparently the last the last book in the series is number four the first book in this series is called The Hijacking of Manhattan. Okay, stop it. Those of you that know me know that that's very relevant. The second one is The Day Everything Tasted Like Broccoli. The third one, Superhero or Super Thief. And the fourth one, Invasion from the Planet of the Cows. So now I see why, why books like this are banned from our libraries now. Yep. Anyways, this one, the, the little um, inscription on the back, the detail is, it says, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's, it's a UFO filled with cows from outer space. The president has sent Maximum Boy on another mission. This time it's against pitchfork carrying alien cows. That's ter terrifying. But since we're talking about mad cow disease, you know, maybe... Um, maximum, maximum boy doesn't know why they have landed on earth or why they take the words got milk so seriously, but he does know one thing. These cosmic cows do not come in peace. <laughs> so I will post that on my book club on my, my Tayoma page as well. Um, and you can purchase, you know, my art. I also have, I, it's gotta be connected again. I have to connect all these things. Um, to my print, my Shopify store, which has print on demand um, graphics and designs that I've created with that have to do with the paranormal. Um, you can purchase those things. Um, or I also have an Etsy shop. So I never tell any of my listeners any of this. So I, I guess if you don't know it exists, then it, it, it doesn't in your world. Um, anyways, um, that is all for tonight. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in and, um, catch Emily on Friday. Um, I hope her son is okay. Um, 
and then her show is on Friday. And then um, she's also on uh, news on the flip side on Friday. So, um, which is a lot of fun. So um, I'll have the other links posted uh, for now. Have a good evening.